You are listening to an exclusive on Pod Hub Network. Your city, your podcast. Welcome to Helmet Hair, a podcast by a simple gal who loves Pittsburgh sports, Pittsburgh beer, and talking about both. I'm Jordan. Here we go. So much has happened since the last time we talked. I really don't know how I'm going to fit it all into one episode. Just kidding. Yeah, I do. The Steelers have done quite a bit in the offseason, mostly with their staff, and the Penguins have played a handful of games, so I have the perfect snow day beers to sip on while I get into that. Why don't you grab a beer yourself and come hang out? What's up, everybody? You're listening to episode 30 of Helmet Hair, part of the Pod Hub Network. It's so good to have you here with me. It snowed a whole awful lot the last couple days, so I wanted my beer selection to really be reflective of not only how cold and beautiful it is outside, but how much I really miss Christmas. Oops. So the beer I'm about to crush this fine evening And the next beer in my dessert series is One More Sleep from Cinderlands. It's an imperial gingerbread milk stout. What is this nonsense? It's got ginger, cinnamon, graham cracker, Madagascar vanilla bean, that good good, and milk sugar. I am pretty obsessed with gingerbread and molasses cookies, just that whole flavor. It started, I can't even tell you when, but it was pretty recently that I just, I didn't care for gingerbread, never looked at it, never thought about it, never craved it. And then all of a sudden it's like I woke up and I had a gingerbread cookie like halfway down my gullet. I, and I, ever since I have been unable to get enough of it and What I will tell you about this stout that I have had before, of course, because I needed to have it at Christmas, is that it captures the essence of a gingerbread cookie so perfectly, so perfectly in a beer. And I've talked about my necessities, my non-negotiables, requirements, whatever that word is that I'm looking for. The thing that I look for in a stout, there you go, is that it's not too sweet. It's a little on the drier side so that it's not like syrupy and sticky and eh. And this is just that home run. Hit it out of the park because it is sweet and the the gingery, molassesy, not syrupy, but that flavor along with the the cinnamon and the way that the vanilla and the milk sugar balance it out it is impeccable and I love this beer and it's perfect for tonight while I'm in my cozies and I'm not going anywhere and it's snowy and cold and there's a lot to talk about so this is one more sleep from Cinderlands cheers my stars that is a good beer 
When I checked a couple weeks ago, granted it was a couple weeks ago, their online store still had some of this available. Doubt it's there anymore because it's so good and it is a seasonal thing. If you can remember, maybe set a reminder in your phone, if you're a beer nerd, you need to get this beer. You need to get it next Christmas because it's worth it. And drinking it leading up to the the actual day, there's just nothing like it. It's what I imagine Santa would want if you couldn't give him cookies or if he just had a long night he wants something a little bit more stiff than cookies. So here's the deal. Some stuff happened for the Steelers. Matt Canada is officially the offensive coordinator. They promoted him. Go back and forth on how I feel about it. I don't have a ton of thoughts. I really wish they would have gone with an outside hire, but since they brought him into the organization a year ago, I guess technically that's outside enough for now if they're going to be that stubborn about it. But whatever. He can't be any worse than Randy Finkner, so that's an automatic upgrade in my book. The Steelers really do need to figure out their tight end situation, though, because Vance McDonald retired, and he was our best blocking tight end. Eric Ebron either needs to figure out how to do that, or they need to go out and get somebody who can, because they're lacking the size and the presence of that kind of tight end, and if they really are serious about establishing a run game and getting that locked in for next year which they're going to need to if Ben is coming back, which it sounds like he maybe kind of probably might be. Who knows there? It's all up in the air because he obviously would have to restructure his deal. Art Rooney has stated as much. Ben has stated he wants to return. And he's also stated that he knows that he has to restructure his contract. There's a lot of statements going on. But we cannot have our almost 40-year-old quarterback who is not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball almost 70 times, over 70 times a game. That's just unacceptable. And the only reason he was doing it was because our run game sucked ass. We just couldn't get it going or wouldn't get it going. Who knows? Honestly, there are so many things about the Steelers and their season and the way it transpired and their scheme and game plan and strategy and their level of ability to execute all of that, it's just also up in the air right now. We have yet to see what they're capable of, I think, because really what we saw last year was their floor. We, we kind of saw their ceiling, or we, we saw glimpses of their ceiling, but then it came crashing down and you know, pummeled them into the floor. They're a very, very frustrating team, and I can't get a handle on what their future looks like. It's a potentially very bleak one, but it's up to them to figure it out. I can't figure it out. I'm not a professional. I don't even know what their issues are. I just know that they have issues, and it's super frustrating because we have to watch Tom Brady in another Super Bowl with no redeeming qualities there. Except that Jordan Whitehead, a graduate from my alma mater, my high school, is in the Super Bowl. That's wild. That's wild. It'll be great to watch him play 
But that's about it. I don't really care to see Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl again. Saw it. I don't know. I, I like to see new people in there. Let's get new people in there. I already know how I feel about Tom Brady. It's just, eh, I don't know. The only cool thing is Jordan Whitehead and the fact that my brother lives in Tampa. So it's fun for them. It's fun for the city. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Overall, it is really fun. Regardless of who's in it, I look forward to the Super Bowl. It feels like a holiday. So I wanted to share some of my Super Bowl must-haves with you. I'm not too picky when it comes to food, but there are some things I just can't live without. First up on the menu at my place is a good dip. Doesn't matter what kind, just has to be a dip and there has to be chips with it. You can go salsa and tortilla chips. You can do guac and tortilla chips. You can do guac and pita chips. Doesn't matter. Crunch, soft, all of it together. I eat it up. French onion dip is a good one too, and I just made that recently from scratch, and it was chef's kiss. So good. You can pair that with a nice homemade potato chip that I bought at Market District. Next up is some kind of cheese. Cheese and meat all on a plate together. Sprinkle some veggies over top of it. You got yourself a charcuterie board. I'm not fancy enough for that, but as long as there's cheese that I can ingest, I'm good. Speaking of cheese, have I mentioned buffalo chicken dip yet? Combining the first two things into one perfect explosion of flavor that you can layer onto whatever your heart desires. At this point, I don't think there's a single Super Bowl party that does not feature some form of buffalo chicken dip. Just make sure it's not vegan because that doesn't count. That's what I like to refer to as the commercials of the menu. Whether somebody's there to cheer on their favorite team or just are along for the ride, they need something to snack on that's light in between the play. And who doesn't love commercials? Now we move on to the halftime of the menu, which we all know is why everybody's there. It's the main attraction. It's what keeps everybody glued to their seats because it's either going to be really good or you're going to catch an accidental boob. Whatever it is, you'll kick yourself if you're the only person who misses that critical talking point of the evening. At this time of year, a great pot of chili just warms you straight to the soul, but you can never go wrong with a plate of messy, saucy buffalo wings. That took a little bit longer than I was anticipating, but what can I tell you? I am just that extra. That's the food that I'm hoping to eat this Sunday, and I hope that you are able to at least eat some good food that you can enjoy while you have to stomach watching Tom Brady in yet another Super Bowl. Okay, so now the fun stuff. Let's talk about the Penguins, because as you guys know, they have my heart, and they've been making a habit of ripping it out, stepping on it, and throwing it into the Allegheny River. They started off the season a little shaky, losing two games in a row to the Flyers. They went on to win two games against the Capitals and then against the Rangers, so they won four games in a row. 
And then they subsequently got swept by the Bruins in their first series and then split with the Rangers just this past weekend. They have the ability to look really, really good and also really, really bad all in the same game. It's evident now they don't know how to play well for 60 minutes. So either you get a really shitty showing in the first half of the game and then they step it up and win or they play really well up front and then fall apart at the end. It's kind of one of those choose-your-own-adventure packages. I just would like to have the flexibility to choose an adventure that doesn't involve me going into some form of stress-induced panic attack. Why don't we get the bad out of the way so we can end with the good? Sound good? Good. Okay, good. So... The first bad being that their game tonight, it's Tuesday, and their game Thursday against the Devils. Both of those games have been postponed to some point later in the season because the Devils, I guess, had some kind of COVID-related issue. So that's a bummer. Not only did we have to watch them lose last night, but we can't even watch them potentially lose tonight. Bummer. Staying in that same vein of personnel, player issues, all that, they're dealing with a ton of injuries. And while Zach Aston Reese has started skating again, which I keep forgetting he's even on the team, Mike Matheson also came back. And he looked pretty rough early on. And it's looking like he's going to potentially be able to return whenever we go to play the Islanders this coming weekend. Not sure I'm thrilled about that. However... We are down so many defensemen because Latang is out day-to-day. Dumoulin's on the long-term injured reserve. Pedersen is still out. Riekel is out. It's been brutal on the Penguins' blue line so far this season, and we're like two weeks in. So, not great. Oh, not to mention the fact that our GM just peaced out on us last week. He dealt us all these really terrible contracts and then was like, you know what? You guys got this. You're good. I have some personal reasons that I'm leaving, so I'm just leaving, and I'm going to tell you less than 24 hours before I resign. So that's a lot of fun. There absolutely is something going on underneath the surface there. I don't know what the actual reason for him leaving is, but it is not personal reasons. That's not it. You don't just up and leave your job on a whim Because all of a sudden you determined that this is what's best for you. When the season just flipping started. Like, what? And honestly, while I'm very grateful for everything that he did to bring those two Stanley Cups to Pittsburgh. Phil Kessel, Nick Bonino, Carl Hagelin being chief among those reasons. He really boned us there in his last few years. And I am glad that he can no longer bone us. Whatever. You go do you, Jim Rutherford. Uh, Whatever. They're narrowing down the search for GM. Hopefully they don't pick somebody who sucks. That's really all I have to say about that. Bring somebody in who's going to help maximize the remaining years of this Crosby-Malkin window. Because obviously they need some help and they do need help because I think that Gino's just way too in his own head 
And Crosby just tries to get a little too fancy. When he shoots the puck, good things happen. But he doesn't shoot the puck enough. Oh, my God. And the power play, the freaking power play. I don't understand how you can have six man advantages in a game and manage only seven shots. That's a little over one shot per power play, which in my humble estimation, is really bad. My friend Josh Yohe of The Athletic wrote in his 10 observations from the game last night about how Zucker has just simplified his game. Jason Zucker really was trying earlier in the season to to make the perfect play, make the perfect pass, do something pretty, and it wasn't working. But he's been scoring for the team, and that's because he's just started shooting the damn puck. He's simplified his game, and that's what everybody else needs to observe and take note of. You can't be trying all of this, like, passing around the periphery when you have the man advantage. Crowd the net and shoot the puck. It is just wild to me how unbelievably counterproductive that is. And it is almost exactly like all of the beer that I've gotten over the last several years that I've loved so much that I'll just take the last can or two and keep it in my fridge because I don't want to run out of it. Okay, yeah, great. You still have some left in your fridge, but you're not enjoying the beer, you ding dong. Sometimes you have to take risks and this team is just not taking risks until it's too late and they're down two to one and everything is going into the toilet. Sully isn't happy. When Sully's not happy, things change. So hopefully what we see is some defensemen come back, the stars amp up their play, and they just start freaking trying to score instead of trying to score pretty. It doesn't matter how you score. You just need to score so you can win. That's what it comes down to. And these guys are just so used to creating highlight reels because they're skating highlight reels that they've they've just worked themselves up to this point where, well, they can't do it if it's not going to look good. And that's what it just, it's what it appears to be. It might not be the case at all, but that's what it feels like. And they just need to start trying to score. Okay, enough of the bad, on to the good. And the biggest good right now is P.O. Joseph, who came up to the NHL Just purely because of injuries, but that man should never not be in the NHL ever again. His instinct, his speed, his skating ability, his passes. Oh my goodness, he is so smart. And he's made some rookie mistakes, but he has made some really nice plays for this team. And he's had a hand in the majority of the goals that the Penguins have scored since they called him up. He's been excellent, far and away, besides Brandon Tanov, you know, my my man, one of the best and most consistent players on the team. It's the two of them, in my mind. Zucker's climbing up, he's trending up, and that's a good thing. But this rookie, holy cow, I loved Phil Kessel. And I was really sad to see him go. But if if Joseph continues to play in this way and continues to improve, 
he's he's going to be a staple of the Penguins' blue line for years and years to come, and that trade would have been well worth it. It already is well worth it. And I'm really excited to see what that kid can do because, dang, he's... Every time he's on the ice, he impresses. Every time he's on the ice, he makes something happen. And kind of like how the was the 2015-2016 season when they had to pull up a bunch of guys from Wilkes-Barre and those those younger players kind of brought new life to the the aging stars. I'm hopeful that that's kind of what happens here because they have a lot to figure out. A, a lot. And it's a shorter season to do it. But all things considered... They've stolen points in games they had no business winning. They've kept themselves kind of in the hunt. And if they can get some guys back from from injury and they can make some moves pending the hiring of a GM, whatever, they could be a really good team. They are a really good team. It's similar to the Steelers. All the talent is there. They just have to figure out how to use that talent and how to make something happen. Because right now, we're in for a mediocre season at best. But if this team can get their shit together, you watch out. Because the Penguins, they, there's there's no team that they can't beat when they're playing on. And I, as a humble and very devoted spectator... I'm just here for the ride. And that's going to do it for another episode of Helmet Hair. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure that you're subscribed wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And if you could be so kind, leave a five-star rating and a review. You can also share this with your friends and follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Helmet Hair Pod, and I will see you next time. <laughs>